Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Yogi Scopes podcast. I cannot believe we're already at the beginning of another new cycle. Um, I don't know about you all, but I feel like everything has just been moving so fast lately. And actually, I do actually know about some of you all that some people have come forward and told me, especially in the Facebook group, um, that everything's just been super busy and overwhelming. And that's just the overall energy I'm hearing from a lot of people that things are just really busy. And for a lot of us, it's in a good way, you know, like it's, it's things we want to be busy with, but it still feels overwhelming is the energy I hear. And I feel myself as well. Um, so that's why it, I'm sitting here like, wow, we're already at another new moon. Um, it feels like that flew by in an instant, but that really is kind of a symptom of this Mercury retrograde. And we're going to get more into that because the Mercury retrograde is happening in the same sign where this new moon is happening and that's Taurus. So Mercury has been retrograding through Taurus and this new moon that we're here to talk about today is in Taurus and the nodes of the moon just spent a year and a half there in Taurus and Scorpio. And we just had that super huge big deal eclipse portal in Scorpio. So I've been telling y'all that we're going to wrap up some energy related to that, wherever that axis is for you, Taurus and Scorpio. And, um, there's plenty of resources in the membership, but also like, I've just, I've just been saying it over and over on this podcast. Like if you go back and listen to the eclipse episode, I pointed to some resources in there that you could find related to what Taurus and Scorpio mean for you. And so you can go back and listen to old episodes, um, to kind of, if you're not already familiar with what that energy means, but you can also, I just made a birth chart decoder. It is now live on my website. Honestly, y'all, I have like super mom brain and I can't remember exactly what I've said where, and this is also just another symptom of mercury retrograde. Like our brains are just more flighty. Our attention spans are shorter right now for most of us. Um, it's Mercury retrograde is pretty ungrounding. And so that's why it's, it's also good that we're having this new moon here in this same sign where um, Mercury is retrograding. We'll get more into some yoga practices and journal prompts that can help with this energy. Of course, you know, we will at the end, but um, I made this birth chart decoder and I think it is a wonderful tool that if you're listening to this podcast, whether you're in the membership or not, the membership's going to help you understand the things that I say on this podcast a little better. 
Um, but so will this now free tool on my website. You can download it. So there's pop-ups. Like you just have to go to any page on my website and stay there for like five seconds or whatever. And it'll pop up and ask you if you want it. Um, and you just drop your name and email address and you'll get it emailed to you. But it's also, if you just go to the chart calculator, um, it's always linked in the show notes or you go to yogiscopes.com slash chart. There's a lot of ways to access it. I try to make it easier for you. Um, you can download it there at the bottom of the page. And also another update, I mentioned this in a Facebook live. Now I remember in the Facebook group, I went live and I was talking about this, but I updated the chart calculator again. Um, so if you've been around for a while, you might know that I used to have a different chart calculator on my website that is now the one I have again. And I switched to a new one that I liked a whole lot better. So, uh, I liked it better because for one thing, it's the same, it's made by the same software company that I use for readings. So it just creates this really cohesive experience. It looks more like what I see when I'm planning these episodes and when I do these readings. And so that's why I like it a little, little bit, excuse me, a little bit better. But um, it also includes more in-depth information. It includes um, your Navamsha chart, which is your D9, which maybe you don't know anything about it right now, but as you go deeper down your astrology journey, you can start diving into the D9. And it's, I just, I thought it was awesome to just have that as a free resource there for you because most of the time you can't get access to your D9 without getting a reading from somebody like just that information. There's plenty of Vedic astrology chart calculators on the internet. Like you just Google it and you can find a bunch. There's a shit ton of them. Um, but most of them, most of them actually are the one that I have now put back on my website. It's called the Vault of the Heavens chart. Um, but then the the other one I had switched to also included um, your dashas, your planetary periods. So if you didn't know, quick sidetrack, this is such a Mercury retrograde thing. I'm just like going to go on this tangent, but it's important um, and it's relevant and it should be helpful for you. Um, your, your planetary periods, your dashas, the, what it says on the, when you pull up the chart calculator, it says Vimshodri. Um, so that's the Dasha table. And so basically, in a nutshell, because this is not what this podcast episode is about, whatever planetary period you're in, like you'll just look at that table and look at whatever date was the most recent date. So it's just a list of dates and that's when the planetary periods change. So you look, just find which one you're in based on what's the most recent date that's happened. But, um, you know, anyway, so... You find that planet, and that means that planet is exerting a greater influence over your life right now. So the, the qualities of that planet will come out more uh, for you. The house that that planet's activated in your birth chart will be more, more activated. The energy of it will be more pre- present and prominent in your life. And then also the transits of that planet will probably impact you more than, than they normally would. So um, I think that's a great resource to just have for free. But I got some feedback that it didn't work very well on mobile. And here I am, like, I designed my website on my computer, so I didn't even, like, think of that. Um, That it was harder to see on mobile because it does include so much information. You can't just see the whole thing at once, so that's annoying. Um, Anyway, so it's still available to you, but I changed the one that if, if you just go to my website and go to the chart calculator, it is back to the old one, which is great. It's simple. So if you are just starting out on your astrology journey, um, you can also like, you can usually see it in, in the screen at one time on mobile. 
and that and you can also long press on the chart and save the chart as an image and that's really handy and convenient you know you can so I say this I like I put that one back up because I know I do this too like most of us we don't just run our chart once and that's it like maybe we'll run it again or we'll want to run a friend's chart or or we'll want to run somebody else's chart so you can just go and access that chart calculator now I've switched it back to the old one on my website um, but if you download the decoder, you get access to the member portal. So you don't get access to the membership. Sorry, I'm not giving away the membership for free. Um, but it is really cheap. It's only like 17 bucks. That's super cheap for all you get in the membership. Anyway, um, you get access to the member portal. So you won't be able to see the membership unless you are a member. But you get access to the member portal, which means so you create a login to my website and you get emails about this when you sign up for the decoder um you get access you get a login info to my site and then you can access the fancier chart calculator so if you ever want to so just make sure you save that email if you sign up for the decoder because if you ever want to find out what dasha you're in or find out um your d9 chart you can just go there and access it for free so so that's a good resource. I hope that's really helpful. I wanted to explain it. I explained it in a Facebook Live, but I realize not all of you here are on Facebook or in the Facebook group, and that's fine. So I wanted to explain it here. Um, so that's that tangent. Um, and back to talking about Mercury retrograde and Taurus. How did I even get on that tangent? I was talking about you can use the birth chart decoder to also figure out where Taurus is for you and what house it's in and what that means. I think it's just a two-page worksheet. It's super simple, but it's packed with information. So you just fill it out like it's a worksheet. You just fill it out and then you can easily without having to spend too much time puzzling and googling and whatever, you can just figure out exactly what house Taurus is in for you and what house Scorpio is in for you. But also you could just join the membership and I tell you you know, I, I record a, for every podcast episode I do, I do a membership one that is sign by sign. So all you have to know is your rising sign. But if you're having trouble even figuring that out, that's what the worksheet is there for to help you. It's called a birth chart decoder to decode your birth chart because first time you look at a birth chart, it looks like a freaking foreign language. And that's my little translation guide for you. And it's super simple, but it's packed with information. I hope it's really helpful. Um, but then also in the membership next week, I think now, hopefully by the end of this week, but definitely next week in the membership, I'm releasing the same thing, but it will have more of interpretation guides, basically. So hopefully that really over explained. I'm an over explainer. Y'all know this by now. Um, where, how to find where. On this podcast when I say this is happening in your such and such house or this is happening in this sign and you can find out which house it's happening in for you and what that even means that resource hopefully is a really helpful one on an ongoing basis it's I made it to be a perfect companion to this podcast so it would be remiss if I didn't explain it on the podcast right um so anyway the new moon is happening on Monday it's a holiday here in the U.S. it's Memorial Day it's happening on Monday around 7.30 a.m., it's actually 7.29 a.m. to be precise, Eastern Standard Time. So really it's happening over Sunday night into Monday morning. 
Um, so if you wanted to do your new moon activities, Sunday or Monday would be great days. So would Saturday or Tuesday. Y'all know by now. I don't, I'm not super dogmatic about this stuff. Just do it. As long as you're doing some kind of intention setting practice for the new moon, like once a month, you could do it at the first of the month. I don't care, but you're probably into astrology enough since you're here that you want to do it somewhat close to the new moon, but it doesn't have to be at the instant of the new moon. It doesn't really matter. Just do it close enough, right? Um, Done is better than perfect basically is what I'm trying to communicate, what I try to communicate every time. And then the same with the full moon. As long as you do some kind of releasing, some kind of shedding, some kind of, you know, because with Mercury retrograde, it's a perfect example of how the universe just creates excess. Like if the nature abhors a vacuum, right? Like if there's space, we will fill it. And that's, that's in terms of our time, our energy, our actual physical spaces, like our home our desk, you know, our calendar, whatever. If we have space, we will fill it with something. And sometimes it's hard to be in that space, you know, when it's empty. There can be a little gap where the space is not filled. So like at a full moon, we release, you know, and and this is, to me, this is especially poignant with relationships when I'm like, okay, this relationship's really not serving me anymore. Um. And I've had to do that with some like friends over the years. I just want to point out that I'm not only talking about intimate partner relationships. I'm talking about literally all of them. When I say relationships, I don't just mean like of sexual nature, of intimate nature, whatever. I mean like with your friends, your family, you know, colleagues, anybody in your life. So when I say that like it's most poignant for me with relationships, when I have to let go of a relationship because of whatever reason, um, that's really lonely and I get wanting to like fill the void sooner. So I'm just bringing this up to say like, we do this every month. That's, this is one of the biggest ways astrology has served my personal life is that constant cycle at the new moon, we set intentions at the full moon, we release. And in the spaces in between. So it's not like you just wake up on the day of the full moon and you're like, all right, I'm going to release this huge thing from my life that's been really important to me. And then just poof, it's vanished and you don't go back to to the relationship or to doing it, the habit or um, whatever it is that you're releasing. It could be a lot of things. No, it takes definitely at least the time between the full moon and the new moon while the moon is waning to practice releasing that thing it takes time for a habit to become set in stone two weeks is like a bare minimum you know most um people who study that you know behavior scientists whatever people who study this kind of thing agree that 21 days is is pretty solid or 30 days at least three weeks to a month for setting in a new habit um but some folks are now staying closer to 60 days 90 days six weeks whatever but anyway so Astrology, the practice of astrology is a lot about your habits and how are you going to shift your life through your habits, right? And so at the full moon, we release. At the new moon, we set new intentions. So at the very least, at the space between the full moon and the new moon, practice being in that space, the liminal space of 
what have you released and then wait at least until the new moon to set new intentions of what you're going to fill that space with, right? If not longer. And so we actually have this interesting dynamic right now where the last full moon was in Scorpio and the next full moon in June is going to also be in Scorpio. So I think that's good. So we just had the nodes of the moon. The eclipses were happening on the Taurus and Scorpio axis for the last year and a half. And it just, this year, I was mentioning this at the beginning of the year, like it just, we're not done with that energy. There's, it's going to keep coming up in various ways throughout the year. So this Mercury retrograde was one of them. The double full moon in Scorpio was one of them. Having an extra eclipse in Scorpio was one reason. But then also later in the year, we'll have Mars retrograding in Taurus. So that's going to bring up the stuff again, probably, I think. We'll talk more about that when we get there. It's a ways from now. So right now, we're focusing on Taurus. So in the membership, I will, of course, do a sign-by-sign of what I think, you know, each individually, what area of life this is for you. But you can also go and grab the decoder to figure out what house Taurus is in for you. If you're a little more of a DIYer, the membership is like if you want this stuff done for you and you want me to just tell you. Um, I think they're both great resources, personally. Anyway, so... This new moon is happening in Taurus. Mercury has been retrograding in Taurus. And then about three days after, or four, I guess, I don't know how to count. Um, so on the 30th, on Monday of next week, is the new moon in Taurus. Mercury will still be retrograde in Taurus. And then on Friday of next week, June 3rd, Mercury is going direct in Taurus, but then the day after that, Saturn is going retrograde again. So we're not getting out of the retrograde energy. It's just changing. So all the things I've been saying about, I've done a couple lives in the Facebook group about this. So I think that's my mom brain. I'm like forgetting what I've said where, you know, so I really think you should be in the Facebook group if you want more information about this, but I've been talking about the dynamic between Mercury and Saturn going on right now. And as soon as Saturn goes retrograde, that's going to be a thing. We'll talk about that next week because it's a big deal. But um, my point right now that what's more relevant to the new moon is that whatever has felt most challenging to you related to the Mercury retrograde, and I get it, like a lot of people I've heard from have just said like everything, everything's been challenging and overwhelming, but that's kind of the nature of overwhelm. Like once you get overwhelmed, everything feels overwhelmed, like everything's too much. There's nothing that's not too much once you get overwhelmed. So the move is going to be practicing some grounding, you know, and that's related to the Taurus energy too, um, to do some grounding so that you can hone in on what is the source of that overwhelm because once you're overwhelmed it's going to touch every area of your life everything's going to feel overwhelming everything's going to feel like too much um but we want to really hone in on the source of the overwhelm to then reorganize our structures around what is overwhelming us so we can prevent that um and that's just overwhelmingly to use that word again what i've heard from folks Everybody around me, even, you know, not only my students and clients, but like just people in my life that don't even pay attention to astrology, they're also super busy and burnt out too. And we're also moving into Pitta season. 
So I'll cover more about that next week. Um, next week on this podcast, I'll cover the June outlook and on my other podcast, The Science of Light, my big debut episode back from maternity leave because I haven't put anything out since I took took maternity leave on that podcast is going to be Ayurveda for Pitta season, aka summer, which is already a period for high burnout. And we've just had all this astrological stuff going on, adding to it, especially um, Rahu and Aries can add to burnout. Mercury retrograde can add to burnout. Um, yeah, we'll just, we just have a lot of factors and I'll cover them as we get to them. But and then also it's just Pitta season here in the northern hemisphere. We're moving into summertime. Things are heating up. The days are getting longer. And we'll talk more about that over there, about how to deal with burnout. Um, but right now, with Mercury retrograde and the new moon, it's going to be a good time to get grounded and get focused. So you can only, you can't fix overwhelm. You can't fix it at the source until you're able to get out of that space of overwhelm, basically. Is what I'm trying to get at. So then also let's let's talk a little bit more about before I get into the specific journal prompts and yoga practices, I already kind of hinted at what they're gonna be. Um, like getting grounded and thinking about what area of life the overwhelm is coming from if you are experiencing it. Um but the reason the astro I always like to explain the the kind of astrological stories, the archetypes of how we arrive at this conclusion because that's how my brain works I want to know why so here's why um so the new moon's happening in Taurus it's happening in a lunar mansion called Rohini and of the 27 lunar mansions there's a story that they're all daughters they're all sisters right and all these daughters were promised to be wives of Chandra wives of the moon but as the story goes, the moon actually only wanted to marry Rohini. So Rohini is the favorite wife of the moon. It's where the moon likes to spend the most time. It's also ruled by the moon. So the moon is super happy here in Rohini. The moon is also exalted in Taurus. And Taurus is ruled by Venus. So we have all this beautiful, grounding, feminine, creative fertile energy going on. So this is actually a very Cappadocia energy of the new moon. Um, and I, so that's another thing. So next week on the science of light, I'm going to be covering Ayurveda for Pitta season because that's more time sensitive because we're super going into Pitta season and I'm seeing people around me experience symptoms of Pitta imbalance, whether they recognize that that's what it is or not. So I want to clarify that on that podcast first because it feels more timely, more time sensitive. And then after that, we're going to launch into some Ayurveda basics. So if you're not understanding what I'm saying related to that, just hold tight. Make sure you're on my email list because they're going to get some extra resources as usual. So just be on the lookout for that after um, next week. I'm going to launch more into Ayurveda basics so you can start to learn Ayurveda because it's super foundational. It all relates. So that's my process of how I come up with the yoga practices for these is by looking really at the Ayurveda and that's the lifestyle component of yoga. If you're not familiar with it already, if that's brand new to you, 
Ayurveda has to do with nutrition and herbs, but it also has to do with lifestyle factors. Like it's your yoga off the mat. So it's pretty important to learn. And what I want to teach you all is how to use the entirety of the Vedic sciences, yoga, Ayurveda, Jyotish, a little bit of Vastu. That's like the feng shui kind of comparable analogous component. You know, if you know feng shui, it's the energy of your spaces. Um, but mostly Jyotish, here Vedic astrology, the actual asana and pranayama and meditation practices of yoga and Ayurveda, the lifestyle components. I, I, it is my goal to help you more seamlessly blend those things because there's tons of resources out there to learn each one individually. But there's nobody. This is why I created this space because I couldn't find anybody that was really teaching better how to use them all three together. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to learn and I'm going to show others on my way. So that's why we're here. Anyway, so Ayurveda lessons coming on my other podcast, The Science of Light. Make sure you're um, signed up over there, subscribed over there. I haven't released any episodes since maternity leave, but next week's the big week for that. So Ayurveda is going to be really important here. It's going to help you learn to work with these energies better. But basically, that was all a tangent. Say this is a really earthy energy and also creative energy. So the fire element gives us initiative, but it also can be responsible for burnout. And we'll talk more about that. That's a symptom of pitta imbalance, burnout. Um, on the Science of Light episode, I don't want to go too in-depth with it here, but if you can have, it takes the fire element to have initiative, but it takes the earth element to sustain that initiative towards your goals. And this energy of this new moon is very much one of sustaining, and but also in a fer- fertility. So because of just, you know, the story behind this nakshatra, it brings a very fertile energy. Kappa is like springtime. Everything's very fertile in the springtime. Everything's blooming, that kind of energy. But then also one of passion, which we're also seeing with Mars in Pisces right now with Jupiter. It's just everything right now is bringing this deep energy of fertility, of passion, of the drive to initiate action towards your goals, but also of the earthy quality to be able to sustain that action if you can be in balance. So that's why I'm going to cover Pitta imbalance because if you're imbalanced um, and Pitta season can bring that more towards imbalance, I'm going to cover that over on the other podcast because I think it's going to be helpful because if you're like, okay, I'm not feeling the energy to sustain towards my goals, we're going to talk about maybe why and what you can do about it over there. But as a start here, um, I'd like you to think about where the source of overwhelm is coming from for you if you do feel overwhelmed if you feel just insanely busy maybe you're not reaching the point of overwhelm but if you're feeling insanely busy and like your flow could be a little bit better um, you might look to where Taurus is in your birth chart but you might also just do some reflection on what has been most challenging about this Mercury retrograde for you you know what area of life Could you find a little bit better flow to better support the rest of the areas of your life? So you could also then, you know, 
I think, I suspect the answer will be in wherever Taurus is in your birth chart, but I also am a huge proponent of just using your intuition, just thinking about the question before you get too um, hooked up into what the astrology says, because in my experience, the answer you come out to will be the same, but I think there's a lot of value in coming to that answer intuitively rather than just being told because making change is going to be more sustainable when it's like your idea. You know what I mean? Um, but then also if it doesn't align to where Taurus is in your birth chart, it could be due to some other imbalance that is way too in depth for me to just cover on this public podcast like this. And that would be where a reading would probably really benefit you to find clarity around that. So your yoga practices and journal prompts to harness this extremely fertile and creative energy. So what seeds are you planting in your life? What do you want to um, bring forth in this life? What are you birthing, right? Um, You could have been working on it for a while or it could be something new. If it is something you've been working on for a while, it and I suspect it is, like I've been saying, because we've had this, um, the eclipses were on this axis for the whole last year and a half, and now they've moved on to something else, but this energy is being brought up again because of the double full moons in Scorpio. We just had another full moon in Scorpio, which is, you know, just to reiterate, I'm just saying all that again to reiterate, um, it's probably something you've been working on for a while now, but... Maybe there is something totally new that you're ready to birth. And that could be because the the nodes have changed axis. So it could be you're trying to birth something related to wherever Aries is in your birth chart Um, or just something new. Don't worry about that part if that feels confusing. Like I said, follow your intuition. Don't get too in the weeds with the astrology. It's just here as a guide. Please always follow your intuition first. Um, But so your yoga practices... Actually, I want to start with the journal prompts first. I always start with the yoga practices first, but the journal prompts are what has felt most challenging to you about Mercury retrograde? Or if you're not sure, what areas have felt most stressful for you for just the last two weeks? Just think about the last two weeks. Don't put too much overthinking on it. Just what areas have been really stressful for you? Um, And that might start to elucidate what's where your source of overwhelm is and then what structures could you reorganize so that you can kind of get grounded in that area of life whether you're experiencing overwhelm or not or an extreme sense of busyness um you still want to look at this area like what has been a source of chaos for you or a source of could be more organized because so we want to incorporate the stable qualities of Taurus but also, like I mentioned, Saturn is going to be going retrograde. So we really want to harness things that make Saturn happy, like structures, discipline, habits, routines. We want to get that stuff kind of set before Saturn goes retrograde on next Saturday. So I'm sure I'll do a Facebook Live about that on that day because that's a big deal um, that it's happening on you know, that's why Saturday, Saturn day, it's ruled by Saturn, if you didn't know. So that's a pretty big deal that Saturn's going retrograde on a Saturday in a Saturn ruled sign. We'll talk more about that when we get there. But um, and I know it's really close, but this is happening first. So it's more important. So 
What has felt most challenging for you over the last couple of weeks or what is a source of chaos or um, what feels like it could be better organized in your life? And then what structures could you do to reorganize to bring more stability to that area of your life? Um, so I've been teaching in my yoga classes about stability being the ultimate platform to freedom. And if you want to experience this, so the yoga practices I'm going to offer you are getting grounded and flowing. So thinking about your feet, maybe even doing some own some of your own like foot massage, like massaging your own feet and thinking about your feet in standing poses. Are you really standing well through your feet and thinking about how that affects all the way up to the chain of your legs and even into your spine? Um and then also doing some hip openers are going to help work with this energy. And I'm excited to announce, I think I maybe announced it already, that I was going to do something on June 3rd. And I told you, don't hold me to it because there's a lot of moving pieces. And it turns out some pieces moved and it's going to be on June 2nd on Thursday. So I will go live in the Facebook group. The recording will be up for members and it will stay live in the Facebook group for maybe a week or so. I don't know. That's another piece I haven't decided. It's not going to stay up in there forever. I do know that. I just haven't decided exactly how long. But then the recording will be up forever for members. So this is how I'm going to go ahead and start incorporating. Like if you want to practice with me to see how I think is a really good idea to embody this stuff. Right. Up until now, you've only been able to do that in person, which if you don't live in Asheville, you're not able to do that. So I'm incorporating a once a week class that will for the first couple of weeks be free and live in the Facebook group so you all can get a taste. And then I will be only doing it for the members. It will be available um, forever like you the recording. I'm just going to start building an on demand library in there for members. Um, and this is how I'm going to begin building it. So if you want to be on this journey and get it at the cheapest price it's ever going to be, go ahead and get signed up for your membership before the end of June, because by then, once I get really flowing with it, um, I will probably change something about the pricing structure. I can't tell you for sure what it's going to be because I haven't decided, but yeah, get grounded, get flowing, join us on June 2nd in the Facebook group or go ahead and join the membership so you have access to that if you're not on Facebook or you could email me if you're not on Facebook and I might I might hook you up. If you reach out to me, I reward that behavior. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. If you need a little more help with clarity around this, please book a reading, grab your chart decoder, hit me up with any questions. I'm always open to them. I love hearing from you all. Take care. Happy new moon.